Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, I just got to town and I need a presentation printed for a big meeting tomorrow. Well, Staples has everything you need to print, scan, and fax. Great. Oh, just got a text. The home office made changes to the presentation. No problem. You can access your files from a USB, email, or the cloud. And the meeting isn't tomorrow, now it's today. Our machines are self-service, so there's no waiting. And it's not here. Now it's in Ebensburg. I hear it's lovely this time of year. Print, scan, fax, and copy at Staples. Your office away from home. Welcome to Conversations That Heal. This is your host, Susan Jacoby. I hope that you are enjoying all of these inspirational interviews, and I hope that they help you to discover how to make the decision to overcome your childhood trauma, develop self-love, and most importantly, live a life of peace and joy. This show is being sponsored by Jacoby Design Studio. As a graphic designer, I infuse heart into your graphic design materials. Please contact me at Susan at SusanJacoby.com for an intimate conversation on bringing your heart into your graphic design materials. I've invited Sava Brooks back to Conversations That Heal. Her debut episode, Journey to Hope and Healing, aired on February 8th of this year. Today, I want to talk with Sava about two fundamental principles to our healing, boundaries and self-compassion. Taking care of yourself, including self-compassion, is a direct reflection in how you set your boundaries. Setting boundaries looks like with family members or perhaps in a work environment or even, and more importantly, with yourself. Setting boundaries is where you build your inner power. Saba Brooks is a survivor of child sexual abuse. She has dedicated her life to ending the cycle of child abuse through education, awareness, and by helping survivors heal and thrive. Her book, Journey to the Heart, was written as a 365-day guide for your healing journey. It is available on Amazon in paperback and also available on Kindle. To learn more about Sava, you can visit her website at educateforchange.com. Educate and then the number four change.com. Welcome, Sava. So glad to be back here. Thank you so much. And thank you for the introduction. So let's talk about boundaries. Boundaries, boy, what a topic, huh? Yes, it's huge. I remember when at first I didn't even know what that word meant, let alone looked like, let, and forget about putting it into action. But let's talk about boundaries as a form of self-compassion. How do you see that working for someone who doesn't know anything about boundaries that or maybe even self-compassion which I would have raised my hand several years ago what does that look like and how does that show up in your everyday life what has been your experience around that like you said it's a it's a bound setting boundaries and learning about boundaries it's a huge topic and a great awareness that I think is ongoing for survivors and you know just like you shared for me I was very confused about boundaries when I started my healing journey, because that's really where we, our hurt comes from, you know, as children, especially is that someone violates our boundaries, that's abuse, whether they're in, you know, emotional, physical, psychological, somebody is invading your, your private space in some way and trying to control you or hurt you. And, and then for us, like for me, who was raised 
up in a home where my boundaries were were constantly being violated. I grew up with in a very you know cold and aloof my mother and then my stepfather being very outwardly abusive. Um, I did not know where I ended and where the other person began, right? And that having to repress my the truth about what's happening to me made me disassociate even more from the truth and my own boundaries. And about how I was feeling, you know, any given moment in my whole childhood. So having said that, you know, when I, I got married, especially when I really wanted to commit to another human being and start to have a safe, intimate relationship and just a, a really good back and forth, respectful relationship with my partner, it was very hard. Because what I had learned was that you you don't respect people's boundaries. You just kind of boss people around and you know I was very controlling and I had no idea to ask for what I needed because I didn't even know what I needed so the path for me and for so many and this is what what I, I love that self-compassion is something that's being talked about a lot right now and it's being brought into a lot of trauma work because when we understand that we need to be kind to ourselves and gentle with ourselves as our awareness and acceptance about what happened to us, we also have to apply a lot of kindness and self-compassion. And the acceptance piece is to be non-judgmental towards ourselves, embracing the experience of where you are right now in, in your body and in your life. Even, yes, things may have happened in the past, but you, we need to learn to accept where we are here and now. And then apply kindness like we would extend to a friend that was maybe struggling with their lives here and now. Soft, gentle suggestions, kindness. When we feel a sense of overwhelm, because overwhelm, that's what trauma is. Your, your nervous system, your body, your emotions feel overwhelmed about what happened to you and you're trying to process that. To be kind to yourself and learning how to be kind and showing self-compassion for ourselves, it calls us to know what we want and what we need. And that's sometimes the hard part because you can't set boundaries if you don't know what you want and what you need, right? Because when you know what you want and what you need and you start to practice being kind and, and gentle with yourself, like taking good care of your body, taking time for, for self-care, meditation, or going for a nature walk, you're going to have to communicate with your partner, even your children. I need time for me. This is my boundary. And this was hard for me with uh, my husband is an, um, as a runner. And he would, he was a teacher. And also some, I used to resent this about him because he would always make time for his exercise. He would come home from a long day of work. He would put on his shoes and out the door. And I would be infuriated. What do you mean? You're just going to come home and then leave again. Like, can't you see I'm needing help with the kids or I'm this or I'm that. And I was just feeling really resentful. And then it dawned on me one day, the reason I was upset is that he was doing something that I wouldn't dare to do for me to have that boundary that I needed that self care because I cared enough about my body, my loving kindness to my body that had been through so much that I really needed and should be taking time like my husband did to exercise and have some private time to really be kind to myself. One thing that I would want to add to that is, yes, we're talking about childhood trauma and 
everything that you said applies to people who um, have not experienced childhood trauma. If a listener has had trauma of uh, some other form, you know, maybe in their adult life, it applies to that as well. And, and it's interesting about boundaries. I'm not saying this in, in defense of anybody, but the truth is, is that if you look past through generations, this is really the, the first time that any generation has had this conversation. How would you expect your great-grandparents to teach your grandparents to teach your parents what boundaries are? You know, I'm not saying that, you know, every single human being before our generation um, was not taught what boundaries are, but I would venture to say that a, a good majority of them were not. It just kind of softened the blow and your anger or, or frustration to your parents. Please hear me when I say that that is not a, an excuse or a, a way to dismiss any trauma that was inflicted on you as a child. It's, it's solely an observation. And as far as like the self-compassion thing, you know, everything that you said, I would completely agree with you. And everything that you said took me years to learn. I don't want our mm-hmm. listeners to hear you, you know, and be like, oh, I can't do that, or this isn't working, you know, that's where the kindness comes in and the the gentleness towards yourself comes in. If you're teaching a dog how to sit or shake or whatever, you don't expect them to learn all the tasks at one time. And so that's the same concept that one needs to bring towards themselves so that you can experience it. It's like they say, like say you're sick or something, or no, no, no. Say, say you're allergic to something you're eating and you don't know what it is. Well, you can't eat everything and then, and say, see, I'm allergic to something. You have to take, you know, one thing at a time. They eat the bread and see what happens for a week or whatever, you know, eat the strawberries and see what happens. So it's the same, it's the same idea with everything that, that you shared and practicing to be gentle with yourself, which is self-compassion. Yes, yes. I so agree with you. And thank you for bringing it up because I I do think it is a generational thing that, you know, this wasn't something that we were taught and like encouraged, nor our parents. But who we are in the world is very much about what we saw. It's not even so much about what our parents told us. It's like what we watched them do. So if we watch people not practicing kindness or self-care, because that's just how it was back then, not they were necessarily being intentional about it, but going back and now like in my, in my family, like now I have three children, I communicate very clearly to them about what my expectation is of them and some of the things that I want them to do for themselves you know, to take care of themselves. I'm not over caring or taking care of them when there's things that they should be taking care of themselves because they need to know what it feels like in their bodies, the boundaries around self-care. And because when we know how to take care of certain things for ourselves, we also appreciate ourselves more. We respect ourselves more. And, you know, we, we really start to appreciate who we are and the kindness piece. And, and, and I'm glad you brought it up. It's, it's a long journey. It's, it's a process that you can start very, very small. And the, the tricky part is we have to remember that sometimes when we start to do good things for us, ourselves, we are reminded of how we didn't have those things. And if those feelings come up, 
part of the self-compassion piece is to be like self-soothing, like be compassionate to, you know, yes, I understand that happened to you or I'm sad. I'm sorry that that, you know, you weren't given that or you didn't get that experience that I'm here now. Like we can do so much reparenting or, you know, being an advocate for ourselves about what feels good. And just even I teach all my clients, you know, just put your hand on your body, on your heart. And when you stand in front of the mirror after you brush your teeth, just for a minute and just know what that feels like to be present for yourself. Feel the warmth of your hand on your body and just acknowledge your beating, beautiful heart. And just that simple can take less than a minute. Just being quiet with yourself is a huge first step. And it's, you know, a little bit of self-kindness every day can really, really change your life. There's so many things that I want to add to what you were saying. And I, we don't have time. Everything that, you know, you're saying is, and again, I agree with it. But I think the most important thing is that when one takes on these tasks, it's a whole new concept. And so it's going to feel awkward and it's going to feel, well, I mean, that was my experience. I, I shouldn't judge for the, everyone. No, I you know, think you're not, not, you're not alone, Susan. I think yeah. we all feel, it feels awkward and, and like we're pretending in the beginning and then, but no, keep doing it. And after a while, you're like, no, actually this, this does feel good. And when you recognize it and you know what feels good in your own skin and what makes you feel good you know, about what you're doing for yourself, you're going to have, you're going to be more willing to have a boundary to someone. It's like, no, I know that I care for myself now. I know what it feels like to be caring to myself. I'm more likely to stand up to someone who is not caring to me now that I finally know what that feels and looks like. And when we model that for ourselves, we also model that for other people. I can tell you being married for over 24 years, I feel like I have taught my husband how to treat me, how to respect me, how to honor me, how to be a certain way with me as I have learned to treat myself better. And I know I have modeled that for my children now. It feels awkward in the beginning, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I remember when I was first coming into my body and able to see when I was dissociated and when I wasn't. I, I told my therapist at the time that I, I felt like I was acting because it felt mm-hmm. so unusual. I almost felt like I was lying. And I told her that and she reminded me that that's what it, it looks like. That's what it feels like. We don't have much more time, but, but the reason why Sav and I t- chose to talk about this is because we are both equally passionate about ending child abuse. And, and there are many, 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 many directions that you can take to end child abuse. And I believe, and, and, you, and I'll let you speak for yourself, but I believe that this is where you begin to end child abuse, that by teaching yourself, you know, what compassion looks like and practicing it, boundaries and what it looks like, what, what shame is and what that looks like, all of that stuff, when you teach yourself what those things are, then you're able to recognize it in your children, recognize it in how you want to raise your children or uh, maybe you're a teacher in the classroom. And that's where you end child abuse. I mean, that's always been my take on it. 
What has your take been on that? Absolutely, Susan. That that is how we kind of model the change that we want to see in the world, right? It's walk our talk, so to speak. It said when I know what someone that is loving and caring uh, adult in the world that would intervene on behalf of a child or an adult that's being mistreated, that person has to know what that looks like in their own skin. Like what, what does it feel to be empowered and know what feels good and right? Then we can step in when we see things that are happening that are not good and right, right? We will have that courage and the strength and can help others that have not perhaps found their voice or don't know or see the symptoms because for me, the abuse and disrespect was so normalized. I had no idea that I was continuing the mistreatment that I had been taught as a child. I had continued the legacy of, of abuse, not that I was hurting others, but I was continuing to hurt myself. Absolutely, that is how I have invested my healing journey in healing my heart and my body and my soul because I wanted to model for my children to not pass on the legacy of child abuse um, and trauma and pass that on to them. So now they know what it looks like to 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 be with a thriving adult. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And and that's the part that I feel the most grateful for is that I have that in my life now and I can model that for my children. And, and that's, you know, we have to start at home. And that's what I really, I feel really blessed. We need to end um, our show for today, but um, I really want to add this to, for the listeners. Even if you feel that, and you being the listeners, even if you feel that you're not demonstrating boundaries or self-compassion, let's just say, quote unquote, good enough. Please remember this. You are doing the best that you can. And with any step, any change that you make, it's enough. You know, you need to remember and, and I'm not saying like, oh, you should do this or you shouldn't do that. But I would highly encourage you to remember this, that whenever you dance with somebody, even if you take the smallest step, you have changed the dance. You may think, oh, well, I can't dance the whole dance. It doesn't matter. You have changed the dance. And that is self-compassion. But I just want people to remember that because oh, it was so easy to beat yourself up. And we're so trapped in that and we're so it's just so part of our society or our world so i just really wanted to throw that in a perfect way to end a show on self-compassion because we need to be kind to ourselves so that's it that's the key and research is showing that now self-compassion is is the ongoing practice so thank you so much for having me to talk about this I'm very grateful for our conversation. Tell us about your website. It's educateforchange.com. Can the listeners reach you through your website or is there another way they can reach you an email or what would be the best? I always recommend people um, heading to my website, which is also my blog. I write every week about healing and recovery after trauma. Uh, and you can actually subscribe to my blog so you'll get an email notification. But Or you can just every Tuesday I post a new blog post about healing. That's often the best way for people to kind of get to know me. And they can book sessions with me or send me an email. My email and phone number is all over my website and my blog. So educateforchange.com. 
is the best way to find me, but my email is vava at educate4change.com. And any comments or questions, um, I respond to all my uh, emails myself, my personally. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. This show is sponsored by Jacoby Design Studio. Uh, I am a graphic designer, and I do infuse heart into all of my artwork, including graphic design materials. You can contact me at Susan at SusanJacoby.com. Jacoby is spelled J-A-C-O-B-I, B as in boy. And we can have an intimate conversation on how you can bring heart into your graphic design materials. Leave a comment on Blog Talk or iTunes to support Conversations That Heal. And you can contact me at Susan at ConversationsThatHeal.com. You're also welcome to use Susan at SusanJacoby.com if I can support you in any way. Please remember that above all, you are a lovable and capable human being. Thank you for listening to Conversations That Heal. Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, I just got to town and I need a presentation printed for a big meeting tomorrow. Well, Staples has everything you need to print, scan, and fax. Great. Oh, just got a text. The home office made changes to the presentation. No problem. You can access your files from a USB, email, or the cloud. And the meeting isn't tomorrow, now it's today. Our machines are self-service, so there's no waiting. And it's not here. Now it's in Ebensburg. I hear it's lovely this time of year. Print, scan, fax, and copy at Staples. Your office away from home.